now we are we are privileged to be presenting a a brand new radio drama written by Mr. Josh Peters and this is the world premiere of Sven Marlowe small town detective in the case of the ancient iceberg My grandfather once told me that loners don't enjoy being alone, but that people continue to disappoint them. As a self-described loner, I agree with old Gramps 100%. I've met a lot of people in my day, been disappointed by most of them, and trust the rest about as far as I can throw this old second-hand desk I keep in my front room that serves as an office. I used to think I needed this desk for work, like I used to keep the bobblehead hula girl around for luck. But since neither of those things happen much, I use the desk for a footrest and a coffee coaster, as evidenced by the myriad of coffee stains scattered on its pockmarked surface. The hula girl just keeps me company. For the most part, I'm happy with the few jobs I get, even if it is sometimes a struggle. Just me, a cup of coffee, and the bobbling hula girl, solving the daily Sudoku puzzle waiting for the one truly important piece of equipment I keep on my desk to do one thing. Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Good morning, Sven. It's me, Gerda. Gerda Henshorn, small town girl in a small town world with a big time heart. I've known Gerda since I got back from my time overseas and set up shop here in Norstown a couple years ago. She's a strange girl with a, a good head on her shoulders, which makes me wonder why she ever started hanging out with me. I learned a long time ago that relationships aren't a good idea. The life of a private dick is just too dangerous. I'm better off alone. Nobody gets hurt that way. At least, nobody that matters. Hey, Gerda, how's life in the city hall? Ah, uh, you know, Sven, kind of boring here. Why don't you come by and brighten things up with your sparkling personality. <laughs> Last time I tried that, Under Sheriff Benson nearly arrested me on the spot. True, but it certainly brightened my day. Anyway, the Under Sheriff hasn't been around here lately. Not since I beat him last week at the office shooting competition. Office shooting competition? I didn't know you had it in you. Sure, it's an annual event. I've been shooting since I was just a little girl's fan. My daddy used to take me out every weekend. I'm a crack shot. He must have taught you well if you beat Under Sheriff. Benson's a pretty good shot. Pretty good ain't good enough in this town. I guess not. Look, Gerda, I, I'm right in the middle of something here. Did you call for any reason or just to enjoy my witty banter? <sighs> I actually called for a reason, tough guy. We just had a Miss... Evie Trigestad here getting paperwork together on her family's land. She was real nervous, kept looking out the window while I... Helped her. Uh, probably just a jealous boyfriend out in the car. That's what I figured, too. I even mentioned something about obsessive men, and maybe he's not right for her. But she laughed and told me it's not like that, that she's being followed by someone. I suggested she call the police, but she said, no, she doesn't trust police. Smart lady. Right. I told her about how you helped old Mr. Berger and how quiet that all stayed, then gave her your card and sent her over. Oh, uh, uh, thanks, Gerda. I owe you. Come on in. The door's open. 
When she opened the door and walked into my office, I swear the lights on the ceiling got a little brighter, the sounds from the street got a little quieter, and the coffee in my cup got a little stronger. She turned to close the door behind her, and I couldn't help but give her the once-over, taking in her flowing blonde hair, the, the tight, curvaceous blue dress, and her professional black high-heel shoes. I glanced down at the hula girl bobbling quietly away on the desk, and then stood to greet her, wiping my moist hands on the legs of my pants. Sven Marlowe. Uh, that's what the sign on the door says. Who are you? Evie. Evie Trigestad. Gerda gave me your card. Oh, please, uh, take a seat, uh, Ms. Trigestad. Thank you, Mr. Marlowe. I've never had to do anything quite like this before. Anything quite like what before, Ms. Trigestad? Well, you know, hire a detective. And please, call me Evie. Okay, Evie. Uh, well, why don't you tell me how I can help you? I, I'm being followed. He's out there now, a black GMC, Illinois plates, down at the end of the block. Ah, I see. Do you, do you have any idea who he is and why he's following you? He must have been hired by Sunco, my biggest competitor and my dad's, well, arch enemy, I guess. Arch enemy? Why, why don't you start at the beginning, Ms. Uh, uh, Evie? It all started about a month ago. You see, I run a small alternative energy company that I inherited from my father, putting up solar panels for commercial businesses for the most part. Before my father passed away, he invented a revolutionary type of solar panel, something that will change everything. The one thing I need is an influx of cash to create the prototype and make my father's dream a reality, which is why I'm here. To make your father's dream a reality? No, to sell the family farm. I got an extremely generous offer from the Nordic Heritage Group, so I'm here to wrap up the sale of the family property and, and decide what to do with Granddad's things. I'm afraid this guy following me was hired to stop the sale somehow, to ruin this opportunity for me and the company. So you want me to find out who he is, scare him a bit, maybe threaten him a little? Something like that, yes. And where is your family property? It's the old Trigestad place up on Sandy Point. Do you know it? Sure. Ah, well, I'll tell you what. I'll look into this black GMC and find out what he's doing in town, but I can't promise anything. I expect he's just in town on business, like you. If you say so. Uh, and I charge $200 a day, plus expenses, two days in advance. All right, Mr. Marlowe, $400. Here's my number. I'm staying down the street at the Norse house. Let me know as soon as you find something out. I watched her from my office window as she headed down the street to her small, red, foreign car. The black GMC pulled out at a safe distance. I, wa I followed her as she left. I grabbed my coat off the back of my chair and, and pulled my hat low over my eyes as I shut the door behind me and headed to my first stop, a talk with Under Sheriff Benson. I found the undersheriff downstairs at the Lefsa Emporium, a sandwich shop and Lef Lefsa boutique owned and operated by my landlady, a kind-hearted Norwegian born and raised here in Norstown. I ordered a cup of joe and found undersheriff Benson in his usual booth, enjoying a cup of coffee along with a hearty breakfast. He didn't look happy to see me. Uh, mind if I join you? As a matter of fact. Great, thanks. Hey, look, uh, don't mind me. I I'll just sit here and watch while you finish that off. 
To what do I owe this uh, pleasure of your company? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Knowing that you're the eyes and ears of Norstown, I thought you might be able to help me with a little project I have. <laughs> project? You mean somebody actually hired you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very funny. <laughs> look, look, Benson, it's very simple. I know you check out stranger strangers when they come into town. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you know about a black GMC, Illinois plate? It's been running around town here for a day or so. Oh, yeah, uh, big guy, kind of dumb looking. Wears a suit and tie, ju just a tad too big for him. That's the guy. Never seen him before. Look, Benson, I'm just looking for a name, maybe where he's staying. What makes you think I'll help you, Marlowe? After that last incident, Sheriff Burns nearly demoted me. You got a lot of nerve. A lot of nerve? If it hadn't been for my investigation and insights, you never would have solved the Thorson case and got that promotion. You owe me, Benson. <sighs> All right. This is against my better judgment, but after this, we're even. Got it? Got it. I did call in the license plate number of that fellow earlier this morning. Let's see. Let's see. Ah. He, he goes by the name of Bruno Dobbs from Chicago. Chi-town, yeah. He's staying over at the Motel 9. Been there since last night. That's all I got. Now get out of here and let me eat in peace. Hey, thanks, Benson. And uh, thanks for the coffee. Coffee? I didn't buy you no coffee, Marlowe. Outside, I jumped into my car. A beautiful black 1969 Pontiac GTO I call the Judge. At the Motel 9, I learned that Bruno was staying in room 23 and easily picked the cheap motel lock when no one was looking. I quickly searched the room, finding little but a worn-out leather suitcase with a couple of changes of clothes and a half-eaten apple on the desk. Next to the apple sat a notepad with an out-of-state phone number and the phrase, any means necessary, scrawled across it. I picked up the phone and called the number. Good morning, International Mining Company. How may I help you? Um, yeah, this is uh, Bruno Dobbs. Oh, hello, Mr. Dobbs. Mr. Grant told me to put you right through if you called. One moment. Bruno, what's going on? I told you not to call me until you had everything taken care of. Did she sign the papers already? Bruno! What the heck is going on here? International mining? I need more information. Courthouse, Gerda speaking. Hey, Gerda, it's, it's me. Oh, hi, Sven. How's the case going? Oh, great, Gerda. But I need to ask you a favor. Would you mind doing a little research for me? Sure thing, Sven. What do you got? See what you can find out about International Mining Company and a Mr. Grant connected with it. Also, who is Bruno Dobbs from Chicago? International Mining Company, Mr. Grant, Bruno Dobbs. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Yeah, while you're at it, see what you can learn about Nordic Heritage Group. Nordic Heritage. Got it. I'm out for a lunch date, but I've got time after that. I'll give you a call back on your cell as soon as I learn something. Lunch date? 
This, this wouldn't be with Deputy Gates, would it? It would. Why, are you jealous? Oh, uh, thanks, Gerda. I, I gotta go. Huh? Hey, hey what? what? Who are you? What are you look, looking look, at look, my I, room? No, I, I was just leaving. Oh, no, you don't. Oh! Yeah, you oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, take this! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got your You ever notice that when you're truly alone, sleeping, you're actually surrounded by others, unable to escape? In my dream, I chased a bunny through the countryside to an old mine shaft. The bunny stopped at the entrance, then grew to the size of a house and stared down at me with burning red eyes. I turned to run, but found myself unable to move, hands held tight behind my back by an eight-foot-tall hula girl. She laughed, smacked me across my face, and I woke up. I found myself back in the room at Motel 9, tied to a chair with Bruno Dobbs talking to someone. I quietly pulled at the knots while I slowly came back to life and listened in. Sorry, boss. I didn't expect anyone to break in, you know? Huh? Yeah, he's here now. I, I tied him up. Yeah, some private dick from this hick town. Uh, let's see. Sven Marlowe, according to his ID. <laughs> Yeah, she must have hired him. All right, I'll tell him. I understand. Capisco. Look, boss, I gotta go. I'll call you back when I'm done. I know you're awake, Mr. Marlowe. <clears throat> yeah? Well, then why don't you let me out of these ropes? <laughs> hey, I don't think so. Not until we had ourselves a little chat. Well, I got nothing to say to you, Bruno. Mr. Marlowe, you disappoint me. We ain't so different, you and me. Just a couple guys trying to make a living, doing what we do best. Doing what we do best? We're nothing alike, Bruno. <laughs> Look, Marlowe, I'm going to tell you this one time, capiche? Using way over your head. You don't know what or who you's dealing with here. Well, why don't you enlighten me, then? My boss is prepared to offer you twice, that's twice, what that dame is paying you to just walk away. Forget any of this ever happened, huh? I don't know who you're working for or what you're planning to do, but whatever it is, I want nothing to do with it. Come on, Marlo, make the right choice. Go back to your little dive and keep pretending that you's a detective, huh? And if I say no? Let's just say I gotta convince you otherwise. You forgot the third option, Bruno. Yeah, what's that? I escape from these ropes and take you down. <laughs> yeah, how's that work? Like this! I don't do well. I warned you, Marlos. Yeah, and I don't listen to warnings. Yeah, well, how well you do with this? They're a tough guy. For the second time that day, I found myself in dreamland. This time standing at the bottom of a steep hill. On the top, I could see Evie under a tree, beckoning me. I tried to run up the hill, but couldn't move. Looking at my feet, I noticed the hill was made of loose sand that disintegrated beneath my feet. I shouted to Evie for help, 
but she just opened her mouth and made a strange sound that seemed to get louder and louder until the pain in my head snapped my eyes open. I was laying on the floor, and my cell phone had fallen out of my pocket, lying in front of me, ringing incessantly. I, I, I'm still tied up. Tighter this time. If I can just hit the answer button with my chin. Oh, hello, hello. Sam, I can hardly hear you. Evie. I'm in room 23 at the Motel 9. I, I can't move. Help. Ugh. I woke up to Evie untying me, asking me if I was okay. She knew nothing about International Mining Company or the mysterious Mr. Grant. After I had a chance to clean myself up, we decided to head out to our family property to walk the land and get to get out of town for a little while. I offered to take her out there in the judge. You sure do keep your car looking nice, Mr. Marlowe. The judge. What? I call her the judge. Well, whatever you call her, she's beautiful. How long have you had her? Oh, uh, I guess we've been together, oh, about 10 years now. You could say she's my closest friend. We've been through a lot together. She used to belong to my grandfather, and I've been restoring her ever since he passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. Nothing to be sorry about. He had a good life and was ready to go. If only we could all end like that. My dad died so young. He wasn't ready. He still had so much to do. That's why I promised him I'd carry on his vision. Make it a reality. There's the driveway, right up there on the right. Okay. Do you regret making that decision? Not one bit. He had a brilliant mind, ahead of his time. It will be a great contribution to the world if I can get his solar panels into production. Uh, here we are. Here's the farmstead. You can see it's the original buildings built just after my great-great-grandfather arrived in 1881. It's one of the only original homesteads left in the area. Which is why the Nordic Heritage Group must want the place. My family farmed here until Granddad died a couple years ago. Didn't your dad have any interest in the farm? Daddy? <laughs> no. He was always creating things, inventing things. I guess growing up here did give him the opportunity to learn to build and repair machinery. He was really good at that sort of thing. How did your grandfather feel about your dad's choices? Granddad? He supported Dad the whole way, paid for his college education, helped him set up his firm, everything. Keep looking forward was his motto. This path goes up the hill. Mm. Well, I, I can see why they call it Sandy Point. Yeah, it's a whole different ecology. At the end of the last ice age, an ancient iceberg left a huge sand deposit here. This entire hillside is made of sand. Won't, won't you be sad to sell the property? I, I mean, it's been in your family for generations. I've thought long and hard about that. It makes the most sense to turn it into a historic site. I only spent one summer here, but the memories of this place are etched in my mind. I want to share that, this place, this beauty. Here we are. Whoa, look at that view. You can see for miles. 
No wonder you want to preserve this place. Stay here. I'll be right back. Sven Marlowe. Hi, Sven. It's me. Gerda. Uh, what have you got for me? Plenty. First off, I got the scoop on Bruno Dobbs. He's a private investigator from Chicago. Owns a company called Investigators, Inc. Hmm, so he's a private dick. He told me as much. Yeah? Did he also tell you that he's got an arrest record a mile long, including extortion, battery, and kidnapping? No, he left that part out. Uh, anything on International Mining Company? Uh-huh. This is where it gets juicy. International Mining Company is a big into mining. Hence the name. Right. But mining is only a small part of the company. Most of their profits come from energy, oil in particular. And they've invested heavily in the fracking industry, the sand fracking industry. Did you say sand fracking? I did. And here's the best part. Remember Nordic Heritage Group? Yeah, the, the historical foundation. Sure, historical foundation. This historical foundation is wholly owned and operated by... Oh, let me guess. International, International Mining Company. Company. You catch on fast. And who do you think is listed as the CEO of both the International Mining Company and the Nordic Foundation Group? Hmm. If I was to venture a guess, I'd have to say a Mr. Grant. Give the man a prize. Uh, thanks, Gerda. I, I really owe you now. How about dinner tonight? Ooh, uh, sorry, Gerda. I I'm out at Evie's place trying to lay low while we figure this out. You want a friend out there? Nah, we're okay. No one knows we're out here. I I'll give you a call when I get back into town. All right, take care of yourself. Found one! Uh, found what? This summer we came here. I, I, s I spent most of my time on this hill under that apple tree. Here, have an apple. Ooh, thanks, Evie. Uh, that was my, um, business partner on the phone just now. She's been doing some research for me on your case. Research? What kind of research? Lots. Evie, what do you know about the Nordic Heritage Group? Only that they've offered me a healthy sum of money to purchase this land for a heritage site. Yeah, right. Uh, Evie, the Nordic Heritage Group is a front for another company, International Mining Company, whose main profit source happens to be the sand fracking industry. Sand fracking? I thought they did that out west. Uh, they do. Uh, well, they do the fracking out west. They need a special kind of sand to do the fracking with. Sand that's been around a long time. Ancient, even. You mean Sandy Point? They want to rip down Sandy Point for fracking? All signs point in that direction. That, that changes everything. Sven, what am I going to do? I was counting on this sale to keep my company solvent to start producing Dad's solar panels. Look, don't get too upset, Evie. There, there are other heritage foundations out there, real ones. We, we'll start looking at options tomorrow. At least you know what's really going on and can make choices you won't regret. It's starting to get dark and I'm getting cold. Let's head back to the house. Here, take my coat. Did you hear that? He hear what? Uh, it sounds like something breaking. Something metallic. Hey! Sven Marlowe! Mm -hmm. 
the judge. Sven Marlowe! Shy yourself! Oh my god! Oh my god, he's smashing your car! He's smashing the judge. All right, go quietly down to the old homestead. I'll take care of Bruno. Be careful, Sven. I warned you, Sven. You should have listened to me, huh? I wish I could see where he is. Hey, I'm over here, Bruno. Oh, come on out. It can still end good for you. It's too dark. I can't see him. I'll sneak in through this gully and try to get closer. No, I can't see Bruno, but I can see my poor judge smashed and broken. What did he do to you, baby? Ah! Evie! Let go! Let go of me! Ow! Alright, Sven. I got your girlfriend coming out into the light, or I'll put a bullet in her head. Capiche? I'm here, Bruno. Let her go. Good boy, Sven. Now take out your gun. Not so fast. Slowly. Good. Toss it over into those bushes over by there, huh? Don't try nothing funny. Uh, let me go! Quit struggling or I'll hit you. If you hurt her, Bruno, I swear it will be the last thing you ever do. <laughs> The brave detective saving the girl. How sweet. On your knees, Sven. Do it! Good boy. Now, I warned you. Stay out of this, Sven. My employers will get this property, huh? I ain't afraid to do whatever it takes to make this work. When they find you both, it'll be clear that a Simple lover's spat turned into a uh, sour, kind of like a, like a murder-suicide, you know? The land goes on auction, my employers get the land, I get another job. Everybody's happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> almost everybody anyway, right? <laughs> Don't do this, Bruno. It's not worth it. Not worth it? What do you know about worth? You're just some no-good hick detective without a friend in the world. That's not exactly true. Who said that? Gerda. Ah! The ah. gun shot right out of his hand. Ah. Look, run, Evie. I'll take care of Bruno. No, you don't. Oh, I'm gonna enjoy pounding you. Yeah, I'll take that. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. Is that all you got? Yeah. Look, try this on for size. Oh. Look, give up while you can, Bruno. Never. Ah. I got you now, clown! Oh. Hey, stay down! Stay down over by there. Now, where'd that dame go? I'm no dame, I'm a lady! That was my head. Ooh. You, you think your head hurts now? You got him! He's out cold! Thanks to you, Evie. Ben, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay, Gerda. H how long have you been here? I got here just as you and Bruno were playing smash-up with the judge. Luckily, I had my deer rifle with me. Pretty good shot, if I do say so myself. 
If you hadn't have shown up when you did... Don't even think about it. Gerda, why, why did you come? I told you to stay in town. I just had a bad feeling, Sven. I guess you could call it women's intuition. Well, I'm thankful you showed up. Come on, let's get this guy immobilized. Within minutes, Under Sheriff Benson arrived, tipped off by Gerda that something noteworthy was happening on the Trigestat farmstead. He took down our statements and reluctantly let us go, mumbling something to the effect that I always seemed to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. By the end of the week, Evie finished her business and we met one last time in my office. The sale went through this morning, Mr. Marlowe, to the Norskadale Preservation Society. Not quite the amount I was hoping for, but enough to carry on my father's dream. They've also given me a lifetime membership to the society, so I can walk the property anytime I want. Oh, that's great, Evie. It looks like you've got everything you came for. Right. Pretty much. <sighs> Mr. Marlowe, I can't thank you enough for all you've done for me. That's my job, Evie. It's what I do. If you're ever in Chicago, look me up. Thank you, Mr. Marlowe. Uh, Evie! Yes? You take care of yourself. I will, Mr. Marlowe. I headed down to the Lefsa Emporium for a cup of coffee and a change of scenery. The usual folks sat in their usual spots, eating their usual meals. It was oddly comforting. Marlo, get over here. What can I do for you, Under Sheriff? Don't start acting all nice with me, Marlo. Because of you, I've got to testify at that sand fracking trial. Something about the only lawmen at the scene. They're trying to shut that company down, you know. So I heard. It's not such a bad thing, is it? Maybe not. But all the paperwork, you wouldn't believe it. Seems like every time I see you, I end up with reams of paperwork on my desk. Have you ever suggested that the sheriff's department go digital? Marlo! I swear, next time I see you, I'm gonna... Under Sheriff, come quick. The Sheriff wants to see you. I, I'm coming, Deputy. And, and Marlo, I'm not through with you. Excuse me, Under Sheriff. I thought I might find you here. Woman's intuition again? No, it's just that I noticed you were out of coffee upstairs. <laughs> Have a seat, Gerda. Thanks, Fen. Deputy Gates tells me that Bruno turned state's evidence. He's singing like a canary, not only about this little project, but about all the other jobs he's done for international mining in the past. With luck, Mr. Grant and his cohorts will be going away for a long time. Couldn't happen to a nicer person. I'm sorry about the judge. Uh, yeah, don't, don't worry about her. The money I made from this case just about covers the repairs. She, she'll be as good as new in no time. And Evie? Back to the city to make her dreams come true. I see. You still owe me a dinner. How about a coffee? <laughs> That'll do, I guess. 
Everything is back to normal, you might say. My client's gone back to the city to fulfill her destiny. Under Sheriff Benson still has it out for me. And I'm just as broke as when I started this little adventure. But there's more important things than money in this funny little world we live in. Like a good friend, someone you can trust and count on to do the right thing. Someone who shares your sense of right and wrong, who can make you laugh even in the toughest situations. Like not having the cash to cover your coffee bill. You've been listening to the adventures of Sven Marlowe, small town detective in The Case of the Ancient Iceberg. Today's show was produced live in the studio of WDRT in Viroqua, Wisconsin. The cast included Steve Lorden as Sven Marlowe, Michelle Pedretti as Gerda Henshorn, and Mr. Grant's secretary, Margot Hipwell as Evie Triegstad, Adam Fogelson as Bruno Dobbs, Carl Schlecht as Under Sheriff Benson and Mr. Grant, and Josh Peters as Deputy Gates with live sound effects by Josh Peters and Rusty James as audio engineer. Some of the recorded sound effects were used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license from soundbible.com music. Music used in this production by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. The Case of the Ancient Iceberg was written by Josh Peters and based on characters and situations created by Leif Erikson. Stay tuned for the next adventure of Sven Marlowe, Small Town Detective, in the case of Sitnamai or Die. Welcome to Super States, where we explore practices of transformation. With me, your host, Joshua Peters. If you, like me, find yourself fascinated by the idea of using trance states for personal and professional growth, including hypnosis. So it kind of becomes spiritual business operation, you know, but the power's not in the computer and the power is not in the phone for your business the power is within you and your imagination psychedelics for those who want to explore the medicine path and explore those super states and they are super states without a doubt i highly 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 encourage you do not go alone especially the first time breath work people are talking about it more i know wim hof has kind of made breath work a, a big thing um so yeah it, it is more in the mainstream now and I think that's really exciting. Sexuality. If you think of your arousal or your sexual energy as light or energy or currency, it's the most powerful currency that we have. You're listening to the right podcast. In each episode, we talk to world-class experts, to industry leaders, and revolutionary thinkers. They share with us the latest information and research and tools, along with their own personal story, to inspire us on our journey of personal and professional growth. 
The first episode of Super States drops on August 1st, and it will be released bi-weekly for at least the first two months. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite platform, or you can also subscribe on YouTube so that you can stay up to date with Super States. Also, make sure to let me know what kind of topics or guests that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can respond in comments below, but you can also find me on most of the social media platforms out there at Joshua Ray Peters, and that's R-E-Y. Don't be shy. I will answer every comment that I get. I'll see you all on August 1st, and remember, you carry the seeds of change inside. Stay flexible, keep growing, and embrace your transformation. Transformation.